Welcome to another episode of Take the Hill, a leadership podcast dedicated to conversations about leadership. For this episode, I'm excited to be back in the studio with my co-host, Dennis. Dennis, welcome back. Similar to our last episode, we are excited to have another great group of students. Our conversations are meant to illuminate their narratives based upon their lived experiences. We have not scripted or screened the conversations prior to today. So what you're hearing is an authentic conversation about leadership during this period of uncertainty. Joining us will be Zach and Lorraine from the Roland School of Business at the Point Park University, as well as Natasha, Alex, and Melania from the Human Resources and Employer Relations Program at Indiana University of Pennsylvania. So amid much of the uncertainty we are all experiencing now, I'm reminded of a statement that Andrew Carnegie once made, which was, do your duty and a little more, and the future will take care of itself. In moments of uncertainty, I tend to believe that the first response is typically defined by a lack of control. You know, we are often faced with the unknown or a rapidly changing environment when many individuals will often fall back upon what they know and they tend to disengage slow momentum or become paralyzed. Right now, more than ever before, we need to focus upon what is within our sphere of influence. Now, despite the perception that much of what's happening is outside of our reach or outside of our control, you know, if you think about Andrew Carnegie's quote, it reminds us that, again, if we do what we do, Right? and do a little bit more, the future and what is within our influence will take care of itself. So in speaking of that future, let's bring in our first guest. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Zach. Uh, we have Zach, again, is a business management student from the Roland School of Business at Point Park University. And as we were talking about earlier, you know, right now, companies are also closing businesses and affecting employees' hours, which is something that you talked about uh, earlier whenever we were talking about this topic, Zach. Um, in addition to kind of your work hours, you know, how has this kind of period of uncertainty shaped uh, your experience over the last month or so? Yeah, so, I mean, as we all know, you know, we're kind of in a crazy time right now. Um, me personally, I work for a company in Pittsburgh called ShowClicks. Uh, we're a ticketing software company. So this kind of pandemic has had a major impact on our business because you know we sell tickets for shows where you know there are more than 10 people that are going to be in attendance and uh with the regulations that have been put in place all shows have kind of shut down so you know we've been having to lay off a bunch of people uh in my department luckily nobody's gotten laid off or lost their job which is you know a really good thing but um everyone's hours have been affected so I went from working almost full time to working maybe two days a week. Um, so that isn't ideal, but definitely understand the circumstances. But um, I actually started driving for Instacart, which is like a um, grocery delivery service. And it's pretty interesting because in the town that I live in, Aurora, Ohio, it's pretty small. So something like this wouldn't be. Uh, really necessary because everybody's, you know, super, super close to everything. But with this pandemic, people are afraid to leave their houses. Business on this app is just booming because nobody wants to go to the grocery store. So um, that's been kind of how I've been passing the time and making up for some of the hours that I've lost at my at my other job. And you bring up a really good point in that, as you said, a lot of hours are getting cut right now. And especially in terms of your age group, you know, you really rely on these jobs, not just for you know, disposable income, but for books and schools and just daily necessities. Right. So did you feel a lot of pressure having to make the decision of getting another job, given the potential risks that may be part of that decision? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so once we kind of had the whole um, we had like a Zoom meeting at ShowClicks with Buddy and the company and uh, the higher ups all kind of let us know that we were either going to be losing our jobs or that we're going to be um, experiencing some pretty significant hour cuts. Um, so, yeah, I definitely felt that pressure. I was applying to, you know, overnight shifts at Home Depot. I was applying to Aldi, Target, really anything that I could 
find that was still considered an essential business where, you know, they were hiring. And then this Instacart thing just kind of fell into my lap, but it was definitely a blessing for sure. Were you nervous taking that job at all? Um, I mean, you know, it was a little bit nerve wracking just in terms of like catching a virus, which is spreading really rapidly and uh, is, is a big deal. But I've been taking the precautions, wearing a mask, washing my hands like crazy to the point where they're like raw now. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it was a little bit, uh, I was a little uncomfortable with it at first, but you know, once I started kind of getting in the groove of things, um, I figured if I'm taking all the necessary precautions and practicing safe social distancing, all that good stuff, then I'd be just fine. Take us back to the moment that, you know, whether you were in class walking on campus and, you know, you first got that email uh, that said, you know, what, your semester is, is going to be kind of coming to a conclusion, at least in person. Uh yeah, kind of just like what I was thinking at the time. Yeah, thinking, yeah. thoughts, feelings. So it it was kind of um, a shock, honestly, as I think it was for a lot of people, just because we've never really experienced anything quite like this. Um, I, I'll be the first one to say that I was not taking this uh, coronavirus thing seriously, really until, um, well, firstly, the NBA shut down. And then I think it was like the next day or the next the day after that is when Point Park decided to suspend everything. But the only word that I can think of is bizarre. It was just so bizarre. Um, You know, it was just one of those things where there was so much uncertainty that I didn't know if I was come back home, be with my parents, or if I was just going to kind of ride this thing out in Pittsburgh because nobody knew how long, you know, this shutdown was going to be for. Um, But yeah, once Point Park made that call to, suspend things for the rest of the semester um it all kind of i guess set in for me as well as a lot of other people um but i think they've i will say done a really really good job with this online instruction um i know professors have been working you know super super hard to make things as easy as possible on the students yeah and it's um you know something that everybody kind of got thrusted into you know, not just faculty, but you know, staff, administration, and all the support personnel you know, just across you know, not only higher ed, but uh, again, all businesses across the country right now are kind of having to look at things a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from your experience, you know, that shift, right? So now you you ended up going home, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how did that transition go for you? Because now it's, you know, you're, you're a junior, college right so now you're kind of back home and your family's all together most likely and you know you're kind of resetting the rules a little bit in a way (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah um so i i mean i obviously love my family very much i you know i'm happy to be home with them but i definitely miss pittsburgh i miss being in a house with all of my friends all the time and um like you said the rules are a little bit different here but that's okay uh, but no, I mean, it's, it hasn't been too much of an adjustment. I thought I was going to be a lot more miserable uh, than I really am, but, um, keeping myself busy, everybody's kind of staying busy. Uh, my dad is still working every day. My mom and my sister are both teachers. So they've been pretty much away doing zoom meetings with their students and all that kind of stuff. So, um, we're staying out of each other's hair as much as we can, but you know, it's good to be around the family. Good to be with the dog again um all that good stuff but yeah it's it's been pretty smooth good hey zach this is dennis i just wanted to ask a quick question um and uh how your experience as far as your colleagues are they experiencing kind of the same feeling and and i guess my question would be um have you been able to encourage them in any way since you've been able to find alternatives or being able to adjust have you been able to encourage others Yeah, you know, for sure. I think, um, you know, bringing Instacart back up, I've been telling all my friends about this, you know, delivery service, Instacart, how, I mean, lucrative it is. Um, I've been making really good money doing it. And it's a great way to pass the time, kind of keep your mind off of all the craziness going on in the outside world. Um, And then away from that, I've just been like, hey, guys, we need to stay inside because, you know, summer's coming up. We all want to have a good summer. And, uh, you know, be together again. So I think the sooner that 
I think what I've been trying to stress is the sooner that we can um, all kind of accept what's going on and follow the rules, the guidelines, the sooner we can all be back together having fun. Um, but I guess that's really the encouragement trying to get through um, all this online courses and homework and finals coming up here. Um, you know, it's been tough, but I think everybody's kind of doing well in their own way, which is encouraging in its own right, I guess. So how have you adjusted to like the socializing? Like have you, you and friends, have you come up with other methods or ways to socialize so that you can fill that? voice oh yeah for sure so actually me and um my friend group there's about 10 of us we every friday we have uh either a group facetime or a zoom meeting um but you know nothing nothing beats being all together in the same house or the same city um but you know we're doing the best we can uh given the circumstances but you know we're trying uh it is definitely different um but you know different isn't always a bad thing i suppose but we're hanging in there. We're trying our best. <laughs> so this might be a little bit of a difficult question at this point in time. But, you know, now that you've kind of settled in a little bit over the last month and a half or so, are there things that are starting to kind of come into focus that you'll look back and reflect upon and maybe do a little bit differently, you know, once we kind of get past this period of uncertainty? Hmm. Yeah, that is that is <laughs> You're right about that. Um. That's a really good question. That's our job sometimes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> things, uh, doing differently. Um, I guess I took for granted for sure, like coming to class, seeing people that I don't typically interact with. It just kind of seemed normal to me. And now that, you know, we're kind of out of that groove, it's like, where are all these people? And like, you know, obviously hoping that they're well and safe, healthy, all that stuff. But um, definitely I'm, I'm going to not take for granted being in a classroom and having face-to-face -face interaction with people. Um, but other than that, I think uh, Dr. Fauci the other day said people aren't going to be shaking hands anymore after this. I think it's yes. like a little bit extreme. I'm, you know, if I see someone, I'm definitely going to extend my hand, but if they don't want to shake my hand, that's totally okay. Um, but so yeah, your, I mean, <laughs> your prediction on what's going to replace the handshake, is there going to be a new cool fist bump, you know, elbow bump, what's going to yeah, go on here? <laughs> yeah, you got it. I think it's going to be the elbow bump. That's what I've been going with lately when I see people. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I like it. Do you find that as, as a student, do you find that maybe some students may uh, find that uh, after experiencing this online Zoom classes and so forth that uh, they may uh, change their uh, idea of what what education is in the future or their desire to do more online versus face-to-face. -face. Oh, absolutely. So actually yesterday, Angelo was helping me with my schedule. And before this whole thing went, went down, um, I preferred, you know, being in the class. And I still do, being in the class, being face-to-face. -face. But after this, I think, you know, myself and others are, kind of more open to taking a couple more online classes. So I know this summer I'm taking two classes online. Uh, and then in the fall, I've got another class that's going to be online. Um, but yeah, for sure, the whole perspective of what an education is and should be and could be, this is definitely going to have a huge impact on that. Um, like I said, people are going to be more open to, you know, learning remotely, learning online. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Uh, I think you know, an education is what you make it. And if you put in the work, uh, you know, you're going to learn something and advance yourself. But, you know, we'll see. It, this is a weird time. Like I've said so many times, it's a bizarre time. Um, but a lot of things are going to change, not just education. Do you have any thoughts or messaging that you want to send out to friends, colleagues and family uh, before we kind of let you move on here? Yeah, uh, keep you know, social distancing, I think I said before, the sooner that we accept the circumstances and really kind of hunker down on what's being asked of us, like social distancing, not going anywhere unnecessary, all that stuff, the sooner we're all going to be able to be back together uh, in large group gatherings, things are going to go back to, you know, the normal, um, having sports to watch on TV, going to games, going out, um, being with your friends again. So the sooner we can do that, 
uh, the sooner we'll be back doing what we love and, you know, just keep on keeping on, as they say. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we definitely want to extend our you know, thanks for you making the time this morning. And we definitely want to make sure that you, know, you your family, friends are all staying safe and healthy. And uh, we wish that to continue here moving forward. So thank you again for joining us, uh, Zach. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Stay healthy, stay well, guys. And uh, hopefully I'll see you guys soon. All right. We would like to welcome our next guest, Lorraine, who is an organizational leadership student here within the Roland School of Business. Uh, again, Lorraine, welcome to the show. Thank you. Awesome. So right now, you know, in our conversations earlier, you know, we're certainly going through a period of time that's marked by a lot of uncertainty for many individuals. And I thought you brought up a really good point that, you know, in, in addition to making sure that you know, we're taking care of ourselves, it's also really important that we need to remember to support and care for those who need help. Can you expand on those thoughts a little bit? I can. Um, I was listening to a podcast by um, author and speaker Rick Warren, right when this whole pandemic started. And he addressed the fact that how during this time, there's gonna be people who all they can do is survive. Like they've lost jobs, they don't have an income anymore. They're on the edges of financial hardship. And then there's gonna be the flip side where there's those of us who you know, are financially stable, still are working or you know, have a community of people who we can lean on for support in times like this. And while we all are grieving loss during this process, um, the people on the one end of the spectrum who are in a healthy financial position and have people around them to support and connect with, it's our calling to um, thrive in these situations, to care for those who are just trying to survive right now and take care of them. And we do have to get creative in how we can do that as we can't physically be with each other. I've also um, grown a dislike for the word social distancing because that <laughs> just means that we don't actually have to communicate with anyone, whereas mm -hmm. we're more so physical distancing. Um, we can still be social. So we still have phone, video chat, FaceTime, email, and even getting back to the whole writing a handwritten note and mailing it. <laughs> yeah, which again, like you said, I see that happening more and more, and you'd, you'd be surprised at the reaction people get when you get a handwritten letter in the mail from somebody. I know. I've like started pen pals with someone just because, <laughs> you know, you, you have the time to write it, and there's incredible power in writing a handwritten note. That's awesome. So take us back a little bit, you know, about a month and a half or so, you know, whether you're in school, at work, uh, when it kind of became real for you you know, where businesses or schools and universities are shutting down? Um, so I'm an international student, so I'm actually from Canvas, so I don't work, so I'm just in school full time. But mm -hmm. it became really real when um, I had plans to go home to visit friends I hadn't seen in a while, to visit family, and kind of just celebrate some life milestones with some people, and I wasn't able to anymore. Um, so I kind of had to grieve that a little bit and the fact that I decided to stay in the U.S. as an international student so I don't know when I'm going to see family and friends from back home again. So the transition to online school is was fairly smooth. It, the reality is just like, ah, we can't actually physically see people. Mm -hmm. Was that a tough decision to make? I mean, did you think about, you know, maybe I should get back home or were you comfortable it, staying here? It was not an easy decision to make. I mean, I kind of weighed the pros and cons. I was like, well, if I go back home, and this was really early on, so things hadn't transpired to like how drastic they are now where you're only allowed to leave your home for essentially groceries <laughs> at the bank. Um, yeah. So I was like, well, if I go back home, I could probably find work to make some money. Um, and then I like asked some family and friends about it and the reality kind of came down to if I went home, I would be self-isolated for 14 days mm -hmm. and I wouldn't even be able to see my friends and family because Canada had already put a stay at home order at that time. So after I, how, yeah. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. How was your family? How did your family react to your decision? 
Oh, they were, they were completely fine with it. I mean, they wouldn't want me coming home and infecting them. So, sure. um, <laughs> and it, they can't see each other anyway. So we just stay connected, um, like through messaging, video, email, all that good stuff. Awesome. So what things can, you know, people do, as you said, you know, handwriting letters, staying connected, you know, via social media or video chat, what else can people do to help care and support others who might need assistance during this time? From your perspective from my perspective there's actually sure. um there's so many things and creative ways that you can stay connected i know there's a lot of food pantries out there whose volunteer base is a lot of seniors and they've decided to not drive or deliver food or help distribute because they're one of the higher demographics that if they get this virus it's not great so younger people who are willing to like go on the front lines in those areas and volunteer their time is huge. Um, other ways that, like I live in a community with, that we connect with a lot of kids and I can't see them anymore. So what I'll do is I like go for walks and try to run into them at a safe distance. Or one kid popped his head out of his bedroom window and we had like a short little conversation <laughs> in that kind of way. Um, and I think making not waiting for other people to connect with you, but just making the effort to reach out to them. Yeah. Um, just kind of remove your own selfish desires from the picture and just be that first person to make the connection, especially with um, seniors or people who live alone. This is a very difficult time for them, especially if they're more extroverted. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So as, so as you know, we've, we've been in kind of this, environment of kind of uncertainty for about a month and a half or so now and what kind of thoughts or ideas are kind of being bounced around your mind in terms of you know how things are going to change as you look forward change like on just any sort of level like school level yeah sure school life work um and you know it could be really anything yeah because it's obviously going to pick yeah, it's going to definitely affect a lot of things. I have thoughts on probably three different levels. I'll start with the school level. I think from, if you look at post-secondary education as a whole, a lot of students are going to realize that they can do their entire schooling from home um, and potentially maybe choose that route versus actually living on campus or going to school. Um, that's just one idea I've bounced around. And then on a work level, I think that businesses are going to start seeing that how much work and productivity will still happen when workers are not in an office. So they might be like, hey, we can save money because we now we can reduce our office spaces, having people work from home. Um, and then on a personal level, I think just having knowing people who have been affected by this virus and how it impacts those who are not healthy just kind of maybe giving people a different perspective on life to take their health more seriously. Um, and because when you're not healthy, your, your immune system is not as strong and et cetera, et cetera. So something like this greatly haven't taken care of themselves. So hopefully it will inspire others to be more healthy. Yeah, and that same note, this is Dennis, um, okay? Um, I, in that same note, kind of looking toward the future, um, as you stated, one of the things that you were talking about is how people need help. But do you think this is going to change how society, uh, the relationship with society, our society, that people become more willing to step up and uh, help others? Or do you think that once this crisis is over, we'll go back to norm? How do you think things will change as far as relationships in society? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, kind of hard to say how things will change because I don't think what we knew life before this will not, it's not going to look the same or be the same because we're always going to be living with this, like we survived the coronavirus season. Um, but I was helping at a food pantry last night and I heard one, one mom say, she's like, you know, she's like, there's something really cool about this time. She's like, I'm actually getting to, um, get reacquainted with my children. She's like, I'm getting to know them on a deeper level than just the running and passing from this sporting event to school to quickly eating dinner out the door with this other kid. 
she's like, we're actually becoming a family. And hearing that just made me really think I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Like maybe through the season of so much crisis, there's like, there are so many good things that are still happening um, that we can't lose sight of that as well. I don't know if I answered your question, but um, that was a thing that came to mind. So I maybe for future wise, I like my hope that it's, it allows people time to like work on relationships and really just grow them to a deeper level than the surface level conversations that a lot of our culture just lives on today. No, I think you answered the question very well. Um, I think, I, I guess, and then I would ask the, a follow-up question on that. So do you think that, uh, that maybe the need society may become uh, less prevalent in society, that uh, less people, people are thinking less of themselves now and thinking more of others? I would definitely hope and pray it does. Um, I mean, it would create a more beautiful world if we could all live more cohesively in community and not so selfishly looking after ourselves. Um, I I know the community I live in, the food pantry I have, we've had some people in our community who do have financial hardships, but will come and say, I only want to take what I need. Because um, they like, I don't want to take away from those who need it more. And these are people who are already struggling more than I am in life. So I would hope that it would open the door for people to become less selfish. And I also think it hits home for a lot of people because I can just give an example of this food pantry that I help with, with weekly. We have registered probably 50 to 60 new families within three weeks. Um, and for those people to actually physically come out and say, I need help is just showing makes them realize that they can't do it on their own anymore. And that's okay. And I think just telling people that you don't need to be able to do life on your own and that's okay. And I think that's a, a really interesting phenomenon that's happening that, again, as you talked about, you know, maybe we'll see some transition in our society that moves away from that, you know, it's, it's me, me, me all the time to more of that collective humanity mm -hmm. right um, yeah. the, the fact that again people are stepping out and saying you know what i can't do this all by myself um so whether it's pride whether it's ego or whatever it is you know maybe this is enough to send enough of a shock through the system that yeah. will reconnect people um and that's amazing i mean it's that people like that are out there like you said people who do need help are still cognizant of others and they're not taking everything off of a shelf or not taking everything because they want to leave stuff for others because they have empathy and they know exactly. that we're in that collectively. So it's, it's a great message and one that I do hope, you know, becomes more prevalent, you know, after this all kind of is able to pass. So mm -hmm. I agree. Um, any final thoughts that you want to share with your friends or colleagues, either here or of course your family back home uh, before you know, we kind of move on here. The only thought that comes to mind right now is what I've learned through this crisis is that it can be taken so negatively. Um, my faith plays a big important part of my life. So one thing I've done is like looking for something good throughout the day that's happened or creating that one moment of good for yourself, whether that's reaching out to someone else to make their day, writing a card, just make, doing something intentional or thinking about something intentionally that's good that you've seen happen or yeah, just like that. So that it doesn't become a depressing season, which I think a lot of people will end up struggling with, but if they can, the one thing that we do have, we can't change the situation, but one thing that we can change is how we think about it in our thought process. So if we become able to do that, I think that it's a healthier survival mode for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I could say it, I'm sure, you know, Dennis and Angela agree as well that, you know, it's, it's very well stated and uh, it's a perfect, I think, note for us to kind of end on is again, it doesn't need to be some grand gesture. It could be something small 
you know, whether it's, you know, a quick handwritten note, a phone call or, or whatever it is just to say mm -hmm. hi. Um, exactly. So Lorraine, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, like you said, I know it's tough sometimes to carve out big periods of time, but, um, you know, we appreciate you joining us and, and having a conversation. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. I would like to welcome our next guest, Tasha, who's in the HRER program at Indiana University of Pennsylvania. So good morning and welcome to the show, Tasha. Hi, it's great to be on here. Well, we are excited to have you here as well. So as we are now kind of in this period of uncertainty, could you reflect for a moment, kind of looking back as to when you know, things may have changed for you? whether that was, you know, your school or life or work, you know, whatever that may have meant to you. Yeah, I think um, it's kind of made a transition period that I've already been going through just even more um, uncertain, but it's kind of helped clarify things and also made me realize that I have lots of time and how do I want to spend that time? I think I would agree that that variable of time is something that a lot of us really don't pay attention to until something disturbs it, right? Whether, you know, it's, it's increased due to some crisis or shortened due to, you know, something happens with our health or our family. Um, you know, was there a particular moment, like were you in class or you were at work that, you know, it became real such as, you know, uh, news announcement from maybe a governor or the federal government that said, you know, we have to stay home now. Uh, yeah, it was probably um, as we were all winding down for spring break and then realizing that we weren't um, coming back to campus that, you know, as a senior, the things that we were all expecting to do, you know, like graduation, saying goodbye, uh -huh. um, just wasn't really going to happen. And so that was um, something to kind of come to terms with. Was that a difficult transition for you? Because I know you had said that, you know, you were already kind of thinking about some of the things already, but this may have kind of amplified or sped up some of those thoughts or reflections. I was, yeah. So I'm a graduating senior and also looking at other programs and careers. And this just kind of put into perspective what do I want to do for the rest of my life? And it's kind of helped bring things into some lights that I didn't really see before. Mm -hmm. How has it changed you? Because you know, one of the quotes I think you, you know, we talked about earlier is you said that it kind of compelled you to question what you seek in life and how you use the time you have. You know, in what ways has it maybe changed you that you're willing to share? Um, I've actually decided to change careers, which kind of in itself is always kind of, yeah so some kind of like stressful exciting it's just kind of like walking into an unknown um i decided to switch from what i studied in undergrad which is speech language pathology to i would like to pursue a phd in psychology so a little bit different but awesome that's a big jump though yeah a little bit nice. <laughs> but, but i think nice. either way i could um, help a lot of people, which is how I kind of want to fulfill my life. Yeah. How are you staying connected with kind of family and friends right now? You know, obviously there's the social distancing thing happening and it was just kind of keeping us a little bit apart. Whereas normally we'd be able to just kind of meet up at a coffee shop or wherever, so to speak. Yeah. Um, we have family game nights over FaceTime now, which is. <laughs> That's cool. Playing Monopoly over uh, FaceTime is something I've never done before. Okay. <laughs> Which I'm not sure if we've all done that, but, you know, it's one way to stay connected. Yeah, but now's the time to try these new creative approaches, right? So, exactly. Excellent. So how do you think, you know, this experience is going to kind of translate into you and your doctoral program in terms of your idea of wanting to really be able to help people more? Um, just seeing how we react in a times of crisis on like an individual level and on like, like a community level, um, you know, just how are we, you know, we joke about people hoarding toilet paper, but <laughs> you know, why are people hoarding toilet paper? You know, 
what causes us to mass buy in a panic and do we really need to do that and how can sure. I use what I observe to ultimately help people down the line? So what have you seen so far that has probably been one of the, uh, I don't want to use our craziest response in terms of hoarding. Like for example, um, you know, I, I went to buy dishwasher liquid, for example, and I noticed that was kind of just all gone. Right. So have you had any of those experiences yet beyond toilet paper? I noticed the canned aisle is uh, empty, like we're preparing for the apocalypse. <laughs> nice, they do. So you mentioned about how you use time now. Can you give us some examples of how you changed your life and how you utilize your time? And also, could you uh, give some maybe some recommendations to others of how they can uh, adapt and use their time wisely during such a time or such a crisis? Yeah, I think it can be kind of difficult um, when you're used to structure, like the students were used to, you know, having class at a certain time and, you know, having certain times of the day and make a schedule out of that. And now um, that we're staying inside and not going to class or to work that you kind of have to fill your time and make your own structure, which can be a little bit difficult, but you can kind of use other people that you're living with to help, like, we'll, uh, we'll all go on, like, walks with my dog, and that's how we all stay sane and still move a little bit and, you know, get some fresh air and uh, help kind of break up big chunks of time, you know, so you're not spending, you know, 17 hours a day in the house or something. So as you begin to kind of process everything that's happened to you, you know, what other changes or what other significant impacts do you think you know, this period of time will have on larger society once we're able to kind of move beyond where we're at right now? I hope it shows us that we can all come together as communities and help out. We've seen you know, really heroic cases of people, you know, donating masks or time or, you know, coming together with Meals on Wheels and helping out people that, you know, otherwise would be left behind. And I hope we can kind of translate a little bit of that um, into life after Corona. Yeah. Do you think, what do you think kind of prohibits or has kept individuals from changing during periods of kind of non-crisis, you know, why, you know, when before this, you know, kind of a lot more self-centered or there's more of this, you know, it's all about me and myself and my little kind of sphere of influence. You know, what is it that's prohibiting us from kind of transitioning to a little bit more connectedness within you know, human nature as opposed to maybe what we experienced before a crisis such as this? I think, um, at least in our culture and our society, we are a bit more individualistic than other cultures, and that kind of plays out into the economic system and how we choose to spend our time and live our lives. You know, it's very much a how can I benefit the most from this? How can I make, you know, the most money? How can I get the biggest raise? How can I influence most people? But this kind of catastrophe shows us that as much as we'd like to think that we stand on our own two legs, that we also are very much dependent on other people. Like if we take a look at essential workers, you know, we still depend on them to stock our fridge and to, you know, deliver, you know, our pizzas mm -hmm. and whatever. We, mm -hmm. we can learn to rely on the people in a way that doesn't mean we're vulnerable to being taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. Do you, um, uh, do you believe that, I mean, this is kind of your experience and, and kind of your perspective. Now, have you, uh, talking to others, do you find that others are embracing the same uh, perspective that uh, it's becoming less of a me society and becoming more of an intertwined and uh, uh, just becoming a whole different society? And, and do they, what's your experience with others and their perspective as well? I think it kind of depends. I mean, there are some people that refuse to, you know, keep up with guidelines like social distancing. There are some that will still 
go out and there are some that are still very concerned with like their individualistic freedoms and their own wants and their own needs. So I think it kind of just depends on the person. Awesome. Any other final thoughts? Uh, anything you want to share with your friends or colleagues or family uh, before we start to kind of wrap things up here? Um, I think we can always take times of uncertainty to reflect upon what we hold dear to ourselves and just take a time of uncertainty to look and see what you'd like to change, not only about yourself, but also your own community. Yeah, I think what you said is um, it's incredibly important. Like you said, it's you know, every once in a while, whether it's, you know, we kind of do it ourselves or we're forced to kind of reevaluate or take a look at you know, where we are at and the things we're doing and how we're spending our time. Um, it could be incredibly important you know, to do periodically you know, throughout life. So, so Natasha, Natasha, we want to thank you uh, for taking the time to be with us today. And um, we appreciate the insight that you provided uh, this morning for us. Thank you guys so much for having me on. So our next guest is Alex from the HRER program at Indiana University of Pennsylvania. So welcome to the show, Alex. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. Well, we are very excited to uh, be here with you this morning as well. So, so you know, right now we're kind of going through this period of uncertainty, you know, where a lot of people's lives were disrupted. You know, can you think back, you know, maybe about a month and a half or so ago, or kind of that moment when it kind of became real for you? Um, well, I guess it all became real once we got the email stating, you know, um, from the president that we are going to have to like another week off of school. Um, but I guess it really didn't set in until we got the official email stating that, you know, we're no longer going to be doing classes. Um, I was still working for the school at the time. So I was still working when the students weren't allowed on campus. So it didn't really set in officially for me until I was told I can no longer work, um, which is probably about like, I guess, three weeks ago now. So it's definitely been a pretty big transition and took a couple of weeks for it all to settle in and actually hit us. Yeah, and I think like you said, there's you know, so many of us have experienced those moments, right? Whether we were in the classroom, at work, in the car, um, you know, because there was that period of time where you, know, you could kind of still work and you're kind of still together and it wasn't really as locked down, so to speak, as it is now. Um, yeah, how, what things did you kind of grab onto, you know, for kind of permanency or, you know, you said maybe like a routine that you go through every day. How did you kind of make that transition? Uh, well, it definitely wasn't easy. I'd say for the first two weeks, I really didn't have a routine because, you know, it was just such a big change. If you go from, you know, constantly being doing something, constantly working, constantly going to school and not really having a lot of free time to yourself. And when all that stops, it's just kind of like a culture shock, like, holy crap, like, what do I do now? So um, I probably was a little lazy for the first week or two, not going to lie. But then I had like a realization like, hey, this is real. I don't know how long this is going to happen. So then it's kind of just self-motivating yourself to be like, all right, let's get going. Like, um, let's, you can't go to the gym anymore. All right, let's do a home workout. All right, you can't go to the library. Like let's set aside time and uh, set up a spot at your house to like do homework. So it was definitely just a lot of like self-motivation to be like, all right, like let's get things like rolling, getting stuff back to normal. Um, in regard to friends, you know, there's a lot of great technology out there, like FaceTime, Zoom now, um, where you can like still communicate with your friends. So that's definitely been like a pretty big lifter in my life, you know, to be able to like still like see them and like kind of hang out with them virtually so that's been pretty nice so just trying to keep up with um you know like the normal things as normal as it can get for now or creating a new normal has definitely been something that has been keeping my life you know like going and you know trying to keep myself busy that way i, I know that you know uh, you said about being structured and you i i know from being your advisor and and also, uh, your professor, that uh, you're very excited, and I know this is a football, but you were very excited about your internship. And yeah. being a person that was structured, uh, I know that you used it, uh, that got canceled because you're not allowed to do the face to face. So, 
How, how did you react to that? How do you adjust to that? Um, well, honestly, I'm very devastated. I'm confused. Um, you know, I feel like I'm more confused now what I'm doing with my life before I had this in like, um, how, how do I get, I can't explain it better. So, you know, like trying to figure out, okay, like what internship am I going to have? What jobs am I going to have? What am I going to be done with school? You know, like all that uncertainty is like a lot for a student, but you know, like I had that all figured out, but I'd have to say now all this uncertainty with this getting canceled has caused more stress for me than like, you know, trying to find a job because now, um, I'm not sure if I can graduate on time anymore. And, um, you know, I have to possibly sign another lease. I have to refinance my loans. I have to try to like scramble to find classes. I'm not sure if I'll still have my internship. So now I have to like try to figure out what am I doing with, with the rest of my life. Um, so it's been very, very, very stressful. And, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty from many ends with the school, with, you know, like the company that I was going to work for. So it's just kind of like a waiting game. So it's definitely a lot to handle right now. So uh, how are you coping with that? What are you doing to cope with all the stress and cope with the, the uncertainties? Well, right now I'm just trying to take it step by step. Um, I had reached out to one of my professors and um, we had like an hour long conversation and he kind of advised me, you know, to do like one thing at a time, um, which was really helpful because I was trying to get everything done all at once. But um, now I'm just trying to take baby steps. So I just, you know, like emailed the couple of professor professors if they're still going to have classes, um, you know, like emailing, asking about loans. Um, emailed the company and asking them like what their plans are and just kind of going step by step and you know like just trying to wait it out you know like you can't worry about the future no one knows what's really going to happen stuff could change a week from now or it could be six months from now so it's really just you know just trying to not like worry too far in advance because everyone's in the same boat um and realizing you know everyone's in the same boat and everyone's going through this definitely like you know, like having that thought in my head has definitely helped because, you know, everyone is experiencing this right now in some dimension of their life. It, it is stressful, and uh, not everybody's experiencing that same level of stress and so forth. So, um, on a different note, how has this impacted your how, – how do you deal with the – because I know you're a very social person. How do you deal with the social part of this uh, disconnect? from individuals um well it's not fun <laughs> um i i've really just been trying to pick up old hobbies that i've had before you know trying to keep myself distracted you know it's definitely hard not being able to go see your friends you know i have so many friends that lived you know houses down for me here at school and a lot of them you know have moved back home or you know um are practicing like the social distancing to an extreme so it's definitely been hard you know not seeing your friends every day or really just like being in like self-isolation um i live with myself and i have a dog so it's just me and my dog 90 percent of the time so um it's definitely just oh i don't know it's not fun to say the least but um i've been trying to like FaceTime my friends and, you know, on Zoom the other day in Dr. Perkatish's class, you know, um, my one friend was in the class with me and we ended up being the last two people on Zoom and he left us to be and we talked for like another 20 minutes just trying to catch up. It's, you know, like when you get to like interact with them that way, it definitely is a, a brightener in your day, I guess. Yeah, and it's, it's definitely really important insight. And I think it kind of reminds us that you know, never to take for granted that human connection, you know, because our lives typically tend to be pretty rushed and accelerated all the time, right? And yeah. We, we skip those those little moments that until they're taken away, we don't cherish them. Yeah, yeah and I've I've definitely realized that a lot. There's been times where um, my friends have asked me to hang out, and I'm just like, you know, I'm too tired. You know, I don't really feel like it, but you know. I regret it. And in the future, when all this is over, um, I'm definitely going to try to take every opportunity that I can, you know, to be with my friends and not take it for granted. Cause you know, a lot of my friends were seniors or it's their last year of grad school. So I, in a way lost a couple more months that I had with them and it's mm -hmm. definitely upsetting. 
Yeah. So in addition to kind of treasuring that time, you know, what else about this you know, period of uncertainty has either made you reflect or consider changing or get back to something that, you know, you did before um, kind of once we emerge, what are you going to do differently? Um, well, I, I think I will try to make more time to do the things that I like to do. Um, I'm definitely a person that's usually always doing schoolwork or, you know, at home. And um, I guess I haven't had the, I guess I haven't really made the time to go out and do the things that I really want to do, you know, like explore like Pittsburgh or go on like weekend trips. So I definitely think I'm going to pick up on that more um, regarding family. Uh, I live five hours away right now, so it's really hard to go see them. So I think in the future, I might, you know, like make more time to like make a trip up there, trip up home more often and spend more time with my family. Because, you know, now I'm not allowed to see them. It just makes it even more upsetting that, you know, I didn't see them sooner than I, you know, like before all this happened. So definitely like spending time on things, you know, like just everyday things that you want to go do like a bucket list and might make a bucket list and try to, you know, check everything, check everything off in a way. Yeah. So any shout outs, messages that you want to send to family and friends or anybody else before we kind of wrap up? Um, Well, I definitely just say, you know, everyone stay healthy, stay safe. Um, We don't, you know, all the uncertainty is definitely upsetting, but this will all come to an end eventually. And, you know, hopefully everyone will walk out with, you know, like a positive attitude and a new outlook on life. Um, You know, and all my friends and family, like, miss them. And, you know, I'll see them as soon as I possibly can. But, and I'll just, you know, keep moving along and doing things that make you happy every day, even if it's just something small. You know, do something for yourself, you know, to keep your keep your mood lifted it's definitely important to do that so you don't get like in a slump um but yeah and that's that's pretty much all i can think of for right now yeah well i mean i think you expressed it very well like you said it's uh you know doing the things that are important to you and making sure that you're making the time to do so whether it's mm-hmm. you know, yourself or your friends or family whatever it might be so so we want to definitely thank you for taking the time with us this morning alex uh we appreciate you sharing the insight and your experiences uh, over the last, the last few months with us this morning yeah thank you so much for having me it was great being here and i hope you guys have a great rest of your day and a good rest of your podcast all right, we would like to welcome our next guest, Maylena, who is a student in the HRER program at Indiana University of Pennsylvania. So welcome to the show, Maylena. Thank you. Absolutely. We're, we're excited to have you here this morning. So so in reflecting kind of back, you know, a month and a half or so, you know, when did kind of this period of uncertainty kind of become real for you? You know, so are you at school, at work, at a grocery store? Um, so I am a part-time student and I work full-time. So, um, I think whenever it became real for me, especially was, um, I'm 27 years old, so I'm involved in a lot of weddings that are coming. A lot of my friends are getting married. And I think when it was really real for me was when I got a call from my best friend's, um, wedding shower venue and they this was way before like a lot of things were getting serious around here at least it felt like to me and they actually canceled her shower um almost two months ahead of time it was supposed to actually be this weekend and that's whenever for us we were like it's really starting to get serious they're canceling things at restaurants and stuff like that and it was kind of a ripple effect after that yeah, it's interesting. Like you said, I know, you know some of our colleagues there, you know, sons or daughters are also getting married. And you know, it's surprising to now you have all those plans and all that money and time invested. It's kind of certainly something that you know, each and everybody has to deal with. Right. It's just a yes. domino effect. Unfortunate. Yeah. So how how did you make that transition? Right. And obviously, you said you're working full time. So, you know, what types of things happen at work? between work and life and balance like how did how did you kind of navigate this new environment um so i work for a labor union in pittsburgh Mm -hmm. and um at first we just were kind of doing everything we could to be there for our members um answering any questions that they had and stuff like that and then 
slowly but surely our job sites started getting shut down and a lot of the members were calling, looking for resources, different information about unemployment. And that's kind of a bulk of what we've been handling, helping our members obtain unemployment and stuff like that. But um, eventually we transitioned into basically working from home. We each go in a couple hours a day and handle anything that we need to handle. But besides that, there's not, you know, anyone in the office when somebody else is there. And it's kind of been a very weird transition. We don't really, we're kind of taking it day by day. (laughs) What are, you know, when working for a union and, and the individuals that you represent, you know, what were some of the things that you found as opportunities that, again, you guys were prepared for and worked really well? And what were some things that, you know what, maybe this is going to change a little bit so we can be better in the coming months or years moving forward that we've learned? Definitely. So um, one thing I would say is we are um, used to dealing with unemployment due, due to the nature of the work. Um, I work for the Boilermakers Union and their work is kind of seasonal more in the spring and the fall. So in the summer and winter months, a lot of the time um, they are collecting unemployment. So we were used to being able to navigate with the unemployment offices and have a lot of contacts there and stuff. So that was very helpful for our members, us already being prepared to handle that information. And I think it helped um, the unemployment office, like in respect to our members, just help things go a little bit more smoothly. But um Besides that, I think just like being there for the members, answering questions. Honestly, I've spent a lot of time just talking to members on the phone whenever I am in the office, just about life. I think people are just bored and appreciate having somebody to talk to. It's been really interesting in that aspect. Again, as you're talking to some of your union members, and and I mean, we are all unsure of what the future holds for us. How are you encouraging them to uh, have hope or... How are you encouraging them to not during this crisis? Um, so our business manager has been doing a really good job of keeping everybody's spirits up. I know that the AFL-CIO is providing a lot of direction for the local union leaders and how to navigate through all of this with the members. But um, for us, I think we're really just focusing on making sure that they have the resources that they need and that are available at this time. And one big thing that... Um, we were fortunate enough to be able to do for our members where we were able to send out a $500 stimulus check from one of the funds that the members pay into on a regular basis um, to every member in good standing. And that was really helpful. And we've been getting excellent feedback about that. Um, As you know, and again, I don't know this specific business, but uh, a lot of companies probably aren't going to survive through this uh, crisis. So as a union or for your union members who are working for companies that uh, may not survive, I mean, how do you see this impacting the future of your union or unions in general? Um, I, I have trouble speaking on that because I don't think that I've been around long enough to really see how maybe other catastrophes have affected us and stuff. But um, I know that there's definitely concern about some of the power plants that have been shut down during due to the pandemic um, reopening. And I know there's a lot of talk about um, the environment and stuff like that and how everything, and that's kind of good for the environment, but doesn't always work in our favor with the Boilermakers because we work in the coal-fired power plants. But um, I think there's just a lot of uncertainty in our members' minds about what um, what's next. I think we're trying to focus on transitioning into some different type of technology in the future, like carbon capture and stuff like that, to try to keep the power plants running and keep them safer and hopefully ensure jobs for our members in the future. So in terms of, you know, you've been through this about a month and a half or so, has there been anything that you've rediscovered, whether it was hobbies, you know, something you, you may have missed or didn't really have time to do before uh, that you've, you've, you're doing now? Um, I would say probably my grad school program. I have been doing it part-time. This is my third year and I'm graduating this spring and being it, doing it part-time, I only take two classes a semester and I have found that with all of this extra free time when I'm not working as much, I've really been able to dive more into this one class that I'm taking this semester. It's actually with Dr. F. Um, But I've really enjoyed being able to focus a little bit more on school because school is kind of my part-time Uh, responsibility during normal life. So I kind of was able to put that ahead of everything else and focus a little bit more. 
Awesome. And your graduation is upcoming this spring. So congratulations. May, yes. May. Thank you. Awesome. So again, not quite sure what that'll look like, but the fact that you're kind of reaching that point in the process is certainly no doubt a testament to your work ethic. Um, so looking you know, back a little bit, I know we're not necessarily out of the woods yet, um, but if you've had the time to reflect a little bit on how things will be different when we do emerge, you know, whether that's in work or life in general, you know, what comes to mind when you think about that? Um, I think that things will start changing back to normal slower than people might expect. I think that um, it's not going to be like one day they're just going to open the doors and let everybody go like some people might might be expecting. And um, I think for I was a hospitality major in my undergrad, and I think for the hospitality industry, things are going to be dramatically different because I just think that bar stools are not six six feet apart. I have a lot of friends that work in the industry and I know they're really worried about when they reopen restaurants, will it even be the same? Will there be the same amount of volume? Are people going to have the money to spend? I think it's just going to be very, very different than what we've all experienced before in regards to those type of things. Mm -hmm. So from your perspective, what is going to emerge and replace the handshake? Is it really going to be a fist bump? an elbow bump um coming from someone i've never really been a big handshaker i've always been really crazy about um being clean and stuff so i've never been a big handshaker and i honestly don't know that there will be a physical touch thing again i know a lot of different cultures and stuff like that you know maybe maybe like a wave or uh i don't know something like that i don't know that people <laughs> are going to come up close especially to people that they don't know <laughs> that's true it's true it's one of the things like said among many that obviously maybe like a watching. hand sign or something <laughs> a symbol <laughs> well now's now's our chance to to kind of start a new trend perhaps i suppose yes exactly <laughs> i've never thought about that until you said that <laughs> so anything that you want to share with colleagues friends family uh if you have an opportunity to do that you'd like um, I just think that during this time, um, I found it really important to keep connected with everybody. I know that's kind of what everyone's saying around the whole entire world, but it's definitely been helpful to um, even just send somebody a little card or write them a message, send them a text, just let them know that you're thinking about them. I've definitely reconnected with some um, people in my past, even as far as like maybe teachers or somebody that I've just thought about during this whole thing. And it's really nice. Maybe go onto your Facebook, see somebody that you haven't you know, talk to or reached out to if you have anybody that you want to ask a question about for an opportunity in the future. Like this is the time people are bored. They're willing to talk. And I've definitely been trying to use this time to, you know, use some of my resources and get some information for my plans for the future. Awesome. And that brings up, I think, the point that you made earlier, too, that, you know, sometimes you know, your members are calling, you know, just to talk and connect with somebody. And, yeah. Um, like I said, that's equally as important i think you know among yeah it's funny we people. deal with um several retired members so we keep saying normally they're the ones that are calling just to like <laughs> talk and say like we're like they're all like they're retired now <laughs> everybody <laughs> just wants to talk sure sure which like you said during these types of environments it's it's incredibly important to do all right well i want to thank you very much so melina for taking the time to speak with us today um, we appreciate you sharing kind of your experience uh, that you're seeing at work, as well as kind of things that are kind of changing in, in your life right now as well. Thank you. I really appreciate you guys having me on. I enjoyed it. Well, I'd like to thank all of our uh, guests for all their contributions to our podcast today. Um, I found it very exciting and uh, very um, rewarding, actually. Um, I Some of the thoughts I had were these are our future leaders. And uh, I think they're handling this uh, crisis or situation uh, quite well, actually. Um, some of the things that stuck out to me was, and, and really changed my perspective, is how uh, society is probably going to be uh, much different when this is all said and done. We often think that it's going to go back to the norm, but in reality, um, I don't know if it can ever go back to the norm. And as many of our guests expressed, is this uh, idea, of, and we talked about the Me Society, how uh, hopefully, and uh, the idea that the world is going to be more connected and more instead of, and we're going to experience more collectivism instead of individualism. So again, that kind of excited me that uh, we may get through this crisis and maybe a better society for it.
uh, although there were many tragedies and so forth. But again, I thought it was very refreshing, and I really enjoyed our time with our guests. I'm going to turn it over to Patrick now. Yeah, and as you said, Dennis, you know, their messages and their words were underpinned by hope. And I think the capacity for hope is one of the most significant elements of life. You know, it provides human beings with a sense of destination and perhaps most important, the energy to get started. Right. So as we reflect upon our conversations today, you know, though they may still be tinged with a bit of uncertainty, each of our guests demonstrated that important ideal. And the capacity for hope has provided each of them you know, the energy to keep moving forward. And though their progress may be slower than what they prefer, right, they push forward, driven by hope, through the challenges that they are each facing within their respective journeys. Right? And that's what keeps us moving, not only for each of those individuals, but for the individuals within their families, their friends, and the circle of human connection that they have. So I want to take a moment and thank everybody for joining us here today. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We would also like to thank the Department of Employment and Labor Relations at Indiana University of Pennsylvania and the Roland School of Business at Point Park University for their ongoing support of this podcast. We would also like to acknowledge the tremendous support provided by our man behind the scenes, Angelo Gargaro. His technical wizardry it makes the recording process and the final productions of our show sound as amazing as they are and make us sound better as well. So if you have not had the chance to do so, make sure you check out his podcast, Spinning Thoughts, which is dedicated to supporting and lifting up the music community through in-depth band interviews, exclusive music premieres, and as well as album reviews. It's good stuff. Make sure you check them out. And we'd also like to thank our dedicated listeners around the world. Follow us on Instagram at Purposeful Leadership as we post additional content from beyond the studio related to leadership. So until next time.